if you have that desire, then just start somewhere. Start wherever you are. You don't have to quit your job, but start something that matters and and go with it. And then you're going to see like it's going to evolve into something completely different. Welcome. We are back. Welcome to Academics Mean Business. Today, I have a good friend of mine, someone who I've watched in this online coaching space for a long time. We have Yasmin Anal. Yasmin is fantastic. She is a high performance coach and has done many trainings through many high level mentors. Uh, and her work really centers on amp- what she calls amplifying um, and really, really getting into the mindset of what it means to move forward in your life and in your business. And she has a fascinating story as an immigrant uh, coming to this country, some decisions that she made to go to school, um, and how she really wanted to create a life for her and her family. And some of those decisions she's actually taking even further, having just spoke to her about uh, traveling the world with her kids is something her and her family are about to embark on. She's We're also having a conversation about a week after her second live event. And let me tell you, folks, hosting a live event is no joke. And so she welcomed, uh, I believe, I'm actually not sure the number of people, but it was a lot, a lot of people. (laughs) Uh, She organized speakers and and had them come and really just kind of advance their businesses and, and amplify their life, which I love. And so... Yasmin has a great discussion on uh, second language learning and teaching that and those kind of conversations were were fabulous. So I, I hope you love this conversation. And I look forward to discussion after of course. All right. Welcome again to another episode of Academics Mean Business. Today, my guest is Yasmin Anal, And her and I have been swimming in the same circles for a while. And she's a high performance coach. Uh, I love the work she does. And when I found out she was an academic, I was like, yes, like I knew it. Like I just had this feeling by the way you present yourself online and which I'm starting to be able to seek out a little bit more. So I just knew I had to have you on. And I'm just so grateful that you're here. Thank you so much, Lindsay. It's always a pleasure to meet, you know, other academics, other professors who have become an entrepreneur. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's super exciting. And so Yasmin is coming off of a live event that I like also want to hear about too. So she actually has been hosting her own events now. How many have you done? Was that your third or was that your second? This was the second one. Yeah, this was the second. Very cool. And so um, we're going to get into a little bit about her business and her structure. But we know here on Academics Mean Business, we want to hear about your academic background first, a little bit about, you know, your CV, whatever you want to share with us about what you decided to study. Um, and then what you were teaching as well. Absolutely. So it's, I have a kind of a funny background, right? So I have so many things. Um, Originally, I was going to study musical theater. So that was like my passion, you know, in the entire middle school, high school years, I was like the star of all the musicals in my school. I love it. And I just knew it. Like I said, this is what I want to do. I love singing, acting and dancing. And I just love that connection with the audience. Mm. So I that was one of the main reasons why I came to the US. So I'm originally from Istanbul, Turkey. And 
And I, I said, okay, this is, you know, I want to do this in English. Mm. And I already, I had started learning English at 10 and I was really into languages. Like that was my thing. And I feel super fortunate to have found my passion at such a young age. So I came to the U.S. and that was my original major. The funny thing is I actually embraced my faith here in the U.S. Like oh, you would have thought that I would have learned about that mm-hmm. in Istanbul. I mean, coming from a Muslim country, but I grew up in a very secular mm. household. Um, so I wasn't really like I didn't really know anything about my faith, but I took world religion class at at my school at Ohio University. And I was blown away by it. Mm. And I kind of was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I never knew about this. And I was like literally in a country Mm. where you have like some of the most beautiful mosques and everything. So once I made that decision of embracing my faith and I was, I'm the kind of person all in, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to do the whole thing. Mm. And I decided to wear my scarf. Then my musical theater thing kind of fell apart because, you know, I was going to be limiting myself to pretty much the sister act or the sound of music. (laughs) And I wasn't going to be Fontaine anymore, Mm. or at least that's what, you know, the directors would have, uh, would have said. Exactly. Like as if you can't have representation in in, uh, like, yes, exactly. Yep. And um, so after that, I said, okay, you know, what's the next best Mm. thing? And I love writing. So I majored in journalism, public relations, double majored because, you know, why not? Because you can. With French. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that was my undergrad at Ohio University. I double majored in PR journalism and French. And when I graduated, I thought that was what I was going to be pursuing. But when I got my first job, it was a desk job. Mm. And I love people. You know, I was sitting literally at a desk from nine to five, nine to seven, sometimes, depending on how much we had to do. And with minimal interaction with human beings. And for me, that was just not going to fly, not going to fly. Yeah. Mm -mm. And even though the pay was great and right after college, you know, everybody's kind of broke having spent like an entire fortune on your on your private education. Right. So I, I still knew that I could not sustain because if my heart is not there, I can't just do it mm-hmm. for the money. So that's when I gave in my notice, my two week notice and decided to move from Ohio to New York City because, you know, the Big Apple, if I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. Right. So moved to New York City and started looking for jobs. And immediately in about like a couple of weeks, I knew some people there. I found out about a private school that was hiring Ah. English teachers Now, mind you, I have zero educational background, right? I mean, I took some like, um, I took psychology, I took communication, like I took things that would help because I always loved teaching something, but I did not plan Mm. on becoming a teacher necessarily. But then I said, okay, I know Mm -hmm. how to write (laughs) and they needed a high school English teacher. So I said, okay, let me, let me see if this is, this is going to be okay. And private schools, they don't require Mm -hmm. you to be certified Mm -hmm. necessarily. So I got in and I fell in love with it. I was like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. this is so good. Like I love teenagers and it was just the perfect environment for me. Once I tasted that Mm -hmm. sweetness of teaching, I was like, that's it. I'm just going to go and do Mm -hmm. my master's in Mm -hmm. teaching English. So that's really how I was able to decide, you know, what I was going to study. And I did my master's at Columbia University, Mm -hmm. Teachers College, Columbia University. So um, one of the best schools when it comes to being a teacher. So definitely. 
Yeah. So then in that master's program, um, cause you, you did do some adjuncting and stuff. I don't know if you want to reflect a little bit on that because so we, you obviously love teaching. It looks like we had a similar path. I thought I was going to teach high school and then, um, decided to get a master's not in teaching, uh, but in sociology, but I knew, Oh, like maybe I'd go back and and create a really cool sociology Mm. program at a high school, but then fell in love with community college. And then I never looked back, but so yeah, if we could hear a little bit about what it was like to be in the college environment for you. Absolutely. So, I mean, I did teach for about five years or so Mm -hmm. in the middle school, high school. And, you know, during that time I went back to do my master's. So I was Mm -hmm. still teaching Mm -hmm. and doing my master's. I also had like two kids at the time, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, you know, I was doing it all. Like, I don't know how I did it. I look back and I'm like, seriously, Mm. like, when did I sleep? And so when I was studying at Columbia University, we had the opportunity to actually teach part of, you know, like Columbia University Teachers College had a community program, which was inviting international students who wanted to learn English for like a community program. They were not necessarily, um, you know, getting credit for that class or, um, you know, they weren't necessarily enrolled in the college program, but they just wanted to learn English. So I was really blessed to be able to teach there while I was doing my master's. Like that was actually a requirement. And after I got my master's, after my thesis, there was that opportunity of being able to stay and actually work. And to me, that was like, sure, why not? I mean, I already know the environment. I love the students. And, you know, they were super driven. So who doesn't like teaching driven students? I was just going to say that's kind of the dream, right? Yeah. And, um, but it was, it was really nice to see them and they would see my passion for English. And, you know, the funny thing is English is not my native language. And here Mm -hmm. I was teaching at one of the most prestigious universities a language that actually is not my mother tongue. And no one believed that. Like even my professors, they were like, no, like I'm sure your Turkish is just horrible. Like, you know, they were just saying, (laughs) you know, English is your dominant language. I'm like, yes, but technically I learned it at age 10. So I was very transparent about it. And I think that's why students liked. I was just going to say, I think there's validation in that um, for sure, because it, because there's something about the authority in the classroom, obviously, and especially English. It's such a complex, we don't make it easy to learn in in any way, shape or form. And so, you know, as an English speaker, it's like, it just was like, well, of course it's easy. And then people who come from other backgrounds, it is not. And so to see you Mm -hmm. as just like a a great model, like I, I think that that's so valuable. Mm -hmm. It gave them hope. So I would give them examples. I would say, look, you have to be consistent. You Mm -hmm. have to practice. And I would tell them it wasn't super easy for me when I first began. And then I would like, you know, tell little stories and then they would crack up and they'd be like, wow. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I've had some great students there. So you basically were teaching for a while, right? And loved it. So if you could take us back to when you started to get this, you know, running a business bug. Mm. What did that look like for you? Was it buried deep inside you? Did you secretly (laughs) start businesses when you were a kid or like, or was it just kind of this aha moment? So if you could take us back to that, that moment too. I love that you're asking that. And I I think I'm going to share something that I've never shared before. So Exclusive. Exclusive for Lindsay. Yes. And the audience. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I actually had started my businesses, but I never thought they were businesses. So I wasn't like the Ah. kid, oh, let me have a lemonade stand. But rather, I would put up my own shows. So like a one woman show, because I told you I I love theater. Yeah. So I would, you know, where we lived in Istanbul, Turkey, it's, it's kind of like, think about 
downtown Manhattan. It's mm. like that, you know, mm. it's like really a central spot. So you can get like the best gelato and the best leather jacket on the same street, you know, <laughs> which is awesome. So we had, you know, where we lived, it was a high rise and I was blessed to have space in my house. So I would invite people, neighbors, friends, and I would say, okay, I'm doing a show tonight. You guys want to come and watch? And I oh would actually gosh, sell tickets it. to that. Oh you know? my God, I love it. This That's is like so awesome. fifth grade, yeah. sixth grade. I'm selling tickets for my show. And mm-hmm. people would actually buy, I mean, you know, like $5 or something. And I don't remember, $10 or whatever. And hey, people would That's like support. five lemonades. That's not a bad, <laughs> not I a know. bad deal. <laughs> and we would have like 20, 30 people sometimes who were there. And I would perform an entire oh musical. Like oh I would gosh. do all the music. So from West Side Stories to My Fair Lady to South Pacific, you know, you name it. Whatever musical I knew by heart, I would just perform. I would dress up and all of that. And my neighbors, my friends, you know, whoever was in that, they loved it. And it was, it was, it was fun. It was something super unique. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it was, I never looked at it as a business though. It was like, okay, I'm doing something that I absolutely love and I want to, you know, like make it official, you know, like let people actually purchase a ticket and come. So they're serious and they're going to show up. Yeah. So Mm. that was my first business. And then I remember having a magazine. This is really funny, Oh my gosh! but I think seventh grade or eighth grade, I was in the, um, so part of the magazine club in our school Mm -hmm. and I decided, you know, I was going to do all of this graphic design and all of that, write my articles, put pictures. So I had this one magazine, right? Printed, published. And then I would go around, make again, my neighbors, my friends read it. And they would, they would give me a dollar or something just for reading. Now they're not keeping the magazine, mind you. Right. Cause you're not printing them, but <laughs> like to actually one. give access. That's so good. <laughs> It's ridiculous, like magazine rental, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so those were my businesses. But overall, like as soon as I graduated from college, I always said to myself, like, why would someone have a business? Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, why would you take all of that risk? Uh, and yes. By the, the way, risk. the risk is mm-hmm. the part that got me to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my husband is an entrepreneur, you know, ah. like that's in his blood, right? And I've seen him struggle and mm. fail and absolutely like be at the verge of bankruptcy mm-hmm. with his businesses, a couple of businesses. And I was always like, dude, look, I have a nice stable income. Like, yeah. why don't you go and do something like that mm-hmm. instead funny. of trying and, 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 you know, going bankrupt all the time. Mm-hmm. And so having said that, I never thought I would have a business. Mm. I never thought I would become an entrepreneur because to me, it's like, why would someone do that? Mm. So very, very different background from what I am in right now. Mm-hmm. Now, what prompted me was after, you know, after living in New York City for about 12 years, we decided as a family that we wanted to just get out. You know, mm-hmm. we were like, okay, we need and we need a change in our lives. New York City is wonderful, mm-hmm. of course, with a musical background. I mm-hmm. love Broadway, mm-hmm. but it was just not the best environment for us once we had kids. Ah. So we wanted something a little bit more suburban, mm. a little bit more nature. So we decided to move down to Raleigh, North Carolina, which is where I live now. Mm-hmm. And when I moved here, of course, immediately I applied for teaching jobs, you know, NC State University, Wake Tech Community College, whatever was available. And I started teaching. I actually started teaching at both. You know, I started (laughs) at Wake Tech Community College and a couple of months later they had an opening at NC State University. So I started teaching there. 
And I loved it. I loved the fact that, again, I'm teaching international students, super driven, Mm -hmm. and they want to learn the language. And I was just having a ball. Like, I'm the kind of teacher, like, if I'm not having fun, then the kids are not having fun. That means, you know, if it's not entertaining, it's not really going to stick. You yeah. know, so I would do, I mean, I would dress up. I, whatever of course you would. <laughs> yeah, I like, love this. Yeah. You know, I would do yeah. so many different things just to get their attention, especially because I was teaching the early classes, like 8 a.m., 9 a.m. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I absolutely loved it. Now, what made the shift for me was I realized as I was teaching, and I was teaching mostly public speaking, listening. So we would do TED Talks. Oh, listen cool. to the TED Talks. This is before anybody even knew of TED Talks, right? Mm. This is like 2010, 2000, yeah. 2011, they got super 2012. popular just around that time. Yeah. So they're, exactly. yeah, you're at the early stages of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember when Brene Brown's speech just, it was just published. Mm-hmm. Like I remember maybe I was like the hundredth person to see <laughs> that speech. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it became like a million views in a day or so. But I really enjoyed it. And I realized that I actually love teaching about how to become our best selves, Mm. how to have courage to do the things we're yearning to do. That's in the stuff I can even sense of just like knowing now kind of more of a a full picture of you. Mm. That is like your background, like following your dreams, like, you know, putting in the effort of language and then watching. Because I know as an Mm -hmm. educator, too, our favorite moments are when those students can't like make that transformation you can mm. kind of witness that bear witness to that so i um yeah. i okay this is all making <laughs> sense for me now yeah. yeah and and i would always bring in things that would allow them to become their best uh, self whether it was their health yeah. or you know thinking differently yep. shifting their mindset i mean i remember nc state university specifically I had a lot of Chinese students, right? Mm -hmm. It it was a university that attracted a lot of Chinese because it's one of the best, uh, it has one of the best engineering Uh, programs. And um, so I would tease my students, you know, I'd be like, okay, you're all going back and rebuild China, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. because everybody's, you know, they all want to be engineers. And when I would ask them, hey, so what made you interested in engineering? The answer was always the same. Well, my dad is an engineer or my uncle is an engineer. That's the only respectable thing for them Mm -hmm. to become. Mm -hmm. But I knew these students, like I would see them after class. I would see them kick in a soccer ball. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, hear about their passion. Like one wanted to, you know, play instruments. Another wanted to be a soccer player. And I would always challenge them. I would say, are you sure you want to be an engineer? I mean, I thought you really want to be a soccer player. And, and I would just ask questions that would challenge them. And, and I remember that's exactly how it began for me when my supervisor noticed, she said, you know, one day I was having this deep conversation with a student who was pretty much like her whole life was breaking apart. It seemed like everything was falling apart. And she came to me, she was just crying and I'm listening and I'm asking her questions. And my supervisor, she had to come in, get something from the office Afterwards, she stopped me. She said, Yasmin, I think you would make a great life coach. Ooh. And of course, Lindsay, the very academic me is like, 
what the heck what is a the life coach? That? <laughs> like, never heard of it. Like, what schooling do I have to go through? Where's that certificate? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, and by by this time, I'm getting ready to do a PhD. Like, I'm applying. Ah. Yeah, I'm mm. applying to Harvard Grad School. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had already done a certification there, so were you going to stick with something around English or teaching English, no, or were you doing something else? I was actually else? going into educational leadership. So, oh, cool. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I had decided that I want to be a dean or mm. a president of a university, mm-hmm. you know, I could have seen I can, that. Yeah, yeah, I can see I mean, that very well. <laughs> yeah. So I was yeah. like, you know, that that would be really cool. That would be like my ultimate dream. Mm-hmm. And when she said that, I felt like something in me just lit up. Mm. You know, I was like, what is that? And I remember coming home that night. And of course, what do you do? You Google the term, yeah. right? Life coach. <laughs> what, what is, is a life coach? coach? Yeah. yeah. And then I see like, you know, it gives me different things like Stephen Covey. And I'm like, I know Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. I love Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. Like he's an executive coach, right? Yep. And then Tony Robbins pops up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know Tony Robbins. I read his book, mm-hmm. but I never knew that that's what they're called. Interesting. And I never knew that that's something you can actually decide to become, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. because I was very academic, like you go to school, you get Mm -hmm. your degree, and then you do something with that. Mm -hmm. And that day, I immediately found something in New York City. So this is the irony. I lived in New York City for 12 years, didn't know about this. But that day, I'm in North Carolina, and I purchased my plane ticket, registered for a um, certification program in New York City, two months from that date. Ah. Like, talk about taking action. Yeah. You are not messing around. <laughs> I'm like, no time to waste, baby. Yep, yep, yep. Very cool. So then, so you hop on a plane and is this like a while or is it, was it like, um, yeah, like how was the program structured to get you the certification quickly? So you actually have, it was kind of like an online program. You go through like an eight week intensive cool. and then you go to the actual live event, ah, which is a certification got um, for three days. And then, you know, you go through some intensive stuff there and then some marketing strategies and then you receive your certification, kind of like your nice. diploma. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that must have so felt that was really the first good. One. It was <laughs> Very cool. good. Yeah, it was good. But I was like, now what? Like, mm. I still wasn't sure. Like, what do I do with this? Like, yeah. what do I teach? Like, there was no. It was great. Like, it, it gave me the confidence and the yep. push to yep. say, you know what? I'm going to create my own curriculum because. Mm-hmm. Being a teacher, having taught for more than a decade, thankfully, I've learned how to create curriculum. You know, yep. I mean, of course, I've taken classes on it, too. I was like, OK, because the structure I was given was not it didn't really feel aligned with me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, OK, I'm going to create my own thing. By this time, I came up with my company name, Amplify Your Dreams. Mm-hmm. And I created my first six week intensive coaching program. Got it. So I had like, I knew exactly what I was doing each week with the clients. So, because I can't just get on a call and be like, so Lindsay, yeah. what do you want to talk about today? Yep. You know? yep. No. yep. So you had a plan. You were I had a plan. thought like, out. Yep. Yep. Each session. I mean, we had the objective. Mm. I knew exactly what points I'm talking about, the key points for that. And definitely by the end, I knew, okay, once I'm done with the call, I know what what if we met the objectives or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was that was my 
I guess, first entry into the coaching world. So when did you, you know, we talk a little bit about this, um, kind of on this podcast, it's come up, it's, it's a theme, right? Is this Mm -hmm. idea about the academic identity and then the entrepreneur identity. Um, I'm curious for you, was there a moment, cause you definitely sound like somebody, um, and I feel like this is also a theme, maybe just for entrepreneurs in general, but it's kind of like, once you start something, like you're going to probably go all in. And so you, did you feel like you had to let go of this vision of teaching or were you able to kind of really meld them together and it felt like you were teaching still, but now just kind of on your own terms? Mm. When did you kind of make that decision, I guess? Or or like, what were you thinking through that process of like, look, I'm like, I'm not going to sign up for the next semester to teach. Mm. Like I want this needs. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So end of 2011 was when I went for that first coaching certification. Of course, after that, I I went and got um, a few other certifications because why (laughs) not? That's what you do. Yes. (laughs) We're academic, right? We believe in that Uh, continued education. Mm -hmm. So 2012 is when I officially started um, I actually started by speaking. Now ah, I know a lot of coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They start their businesses by by coaching, but yeah. for me, it was like, no, okay, that's a I good wanna... fit for you for yeah, sure. I yeah, I was like, I've spoken pretty much all my life. So yep. after theater, like after that dream kind of had to end because of the way I dress, I was like, okay, what could I do that's going to still allow me to connect with an audience and actually make an impact? Mm. So I joined the um, speech and debate team at my university oh, when I was an undergrad. Cool. Yeah. So I did that for three years. I mean, we would go and travel. I mean, I had the opportunity to travel like a lot of states, go to different states and attend tournaments and championships, which was really cool Mm -hmm. because I think I was the only so-called international student Uh (laughs) in the entire team. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, it was really cool. I mean, everybody always remembered who I was, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, to me, that was always an asset. I was like, that's really good. You know, I can be very memorable. And after that, I always volunteered. Like if there was an opportunity where I could speak to talk about, you know, diversity or having courage or whatever it was, I always put myself out there. This is even before becoming an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. before becoming a coach. Mm -hmm. So when I first began this journey, I said, okay, you know what? I can go and ask different departments at NC State, even different universities. You know, we have so many great universities here, UNC Chapel Hill, Mm -hmm. you know, Greensboro, so many different universities. So I just pitched myself and saying, I'm happy to talk for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just give me the audience, you know? And and I would list my, you know, kind of send them like a one-page sheet about my background, what I do and what I started doing. And it was all around this amplify your dreams. And a lot of schools, they enjoyed that. I mean, Mm -hmm. even high schools where I would go and speak. And now again, I wasn't charging, but I wanted to get that experience. So for me, it was worth it. And um, so that's how I started. And you know, when I started doing that, I started getting people interested in me and in what I do. So I had people come up to me and say, oh my gosh, like, I want to put you in my pocket, you know, <laughs> like I want to take you home with me, you know, mm-hmm. like you're, you just opened my eyes to something different. And that's how I started getting my first coaching clients because uh, they came. So yeah. I wasn't even thinking of coaching at yeah. that time yet, uh-huh. but people just started people coming asking to me. for it, right? Like how can yeah. I keep getting you right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How can I work with mm-hmm. you? And that's really how it started for me. So initially I used to coach 
either, you know, like teachers who are in that environment or students who would go and, you know, if the parents are there, they see it. I've had parents approach me saying, I want you to coach my son or my daughter. Like academic coaching, like to get them to... It was really life coaching. Life coaching. Okay. But I mean, we we address everything. Sure. So so school is a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It allows them to be better students. Mm -hmm. It allows them to be, you know, better at whatever they do for extracurricular. Mm -hmm. It allows them to have a greater vision for their life. So those were my first ideal clients, Mm -hmm. you know, high school and college students. So... Awesome. So I'm curious then because, you know, I, so I've only been in business about a year and a half now. um, And I'm curious where some of the bumps were for you. And when Mm. you started kind of, so you got certifications, but when did you start to realize like, okay, like I might need a mentor or I need to start, Mm. like, where do, where were you going for help? I guess, as you started to build this business, um, uh, you know, online, you know, kind of winging it like we all do. So I think you made some awesome first moves. So any other points in your journey that you kind of struggled with where you looked for help? Absolutely. Now, I forgot to mention, I mean, because I forgot to answer your previous question where you said, when did you know that that was it for you? Yes, yes, that would be awesome. I knew. So 2012, I was like still doing it as a side hustle. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like a hobby, but I was actually getting paid. And to me, like having, let's say $2,000 extra on the side was like, Hey guys, let's go to a, let's go on a vacation. It was great. I mean, we both know teachers don't make a lot. Mm -hmm. Even, even if you have a master's or PhD, Mm -hmm. you don't make a lot. So it was great to have that side income. And honestly, I never started with that. Like, Oh my gosh, I want to have like a seven figure, eight figure business. It was just like, this is what I love doing. And I can't wait to share my message Mm -hmm. with the world. Mm -hmm. Now, 2013, end of 2013, um, I found out I was pregnant, mm. right? So I actually found out I was pregnant in the summer. Mm. And that was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. <laughs> how am I going to do all three of these mm. things now, right? So this was my third baby. Mm-hmm. And um, I was still teaching at the university. I was still doing mm. the side hustle, speaking, coaching, all of that stuff. Now my dream of entrepreneurship, I started seeing bigger and better things. And to answer yeah. your question of mentorship, yep. I got my mentors from the get-go. Ah. I mean, I found, for instance, Brendan Burchard yep. right away. Yep, yep. I found him at the end of 2011. And once I found him, I was like, that's it. Ah, so I'm that was one of your next, because I know you're certified with him in high performance, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I actually was his student. I mean, I've been his student since December 2011. Awesome. So, um, so I've been, you know, I've sought out mentors right away because I believe in shortening my learning curve. Sure. I don't believe in just trial and error. I mean, you have to try yeah. and see if things work for you in your own way. But why not learn from someone who's been there and Mm -hmm, done that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, But 2013, when I was doing all of this stuff, and I'm still running around like a crazy person, and I'm pregnant, I end up twice in the emergency room within a six week period. Mm -hmm. Yes, six week period, I'm in the emergency room. And it was the same doctor too, (laughs) like both times. And he's looking at me like, girl, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And he openly told me, he said, Miss Yasmin, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, you got to stop if you want to live. And if you want your baby to live, he's like, like definitely like literally you have 50% chance of, of your baby surviving right now. Cause I was bleeding Mm -hmm. like, and it's not a good sign. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that was my wake up call. Yeah. 
it was really my wake up call of, okay, I cannot be hustling like they're telling me to do. Because ah. all the gurus I was mm-hmm. following, they were like, work your face off, <laughs> screw sleep. You got to go in with your whole heart. And I'm like, yes. You know, the, the very type A personality yeah. in me was like, yeah, got to do this, baby. But then I was like, okay, but for At what? what cost? Like if I'm going to, yeah, like if I'm going to lose my life mm. or my baby, like what's the point here? Mm-hmm. And that's when I started. That was my entryway into the high performance world. Ah. So this is 2013. Okay. And I was like, okay, I need, I need some help here. So I actually hired a coach and I've gone through the high performance coaching mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. as a client. And Lindsay, I mean, it was like, a 360 shift for me. It was just like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of stuff is common sense, Mm -hmm. but not common practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times it was like, oh, okay. Like, but I never thought about it. It wasn't, it wasn't a habit. Mm -hmm. So it, it was really eye opening to go through that journey as a client and then make that decision you know what? This is what I want to teach. This is going to be my life coaching because high performance coaching is really life Life coaching. coaching. It's not business, Um, but it's on, it's life coaching on steroids in a way. Like it's just so much more in tune and it's not like, Oh, let's talk about whatever you want to talk about. No, we have exact curriculum perfectly, Mm. perfectly. Um, I would say structured and, um, and it fits like with whoever I work, it just flows so beautifully. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And I think, yeah. and and th- this is through Brendan Burchard's program and we'll definitely link to it in the show notes as well. Um, he, yes. I, um, his most recent book, I've just, I just gobbled high up. High performance and I know habits. That that's, yep. 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 That's pretty much an introduction to high performance to coaching. What he teaches. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, well, he doesn't do the coaching. I mean, we, yeah. that's why he high, you know, he has his framework, his, yeah. his framework, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he does do coaching, but mm-hmm. very select few, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I mean, he has taught us his framework and he shares his entire curriculum with us. And then we put our own twist to it. Mm-hmm. You know, of that's course. what makes yeah. it, that's what makes it interesting and beautiful. Very cool. So yeah, let's, let's get a peek into your business a little bit, because mm-hmm. I, I also like painting a picture um, with my guests to my audience about how business changes as we start making some moves. So mm. early on, you started with teaching, you definitely started with your skill set, what you knew how to do, you started mm-hmm. free to get that experience and having that academic position while you build a business again. So it makes things it feel um, a little more stable. And I've, I've mm-hmm. spoken about this before, but like it makes the transition easier as well, whether or not you decide to go all in um, yeah. that, but it, you know, you do have that stability. You have the, the paycheck coming in, you have healthcare, like lots of, lots of stuff, depending on, you know, we have adjunct and part-time status and stuff mm-hmm. and, and uh, partners. Well, potentially, I no longer but, teach. So I actually, yeah. once I had my baby, that was it for that me. That was it for you. Yeah. So that tell was us, it. tell us a little bit what, you, what kind of your business structure has been, if you can kind of share, share, yeah with us like where where's your where's your income streams coming in just so people can get an idea of of how you make money with your skills absolutely so when I quit by that time I had not you know a lot of people say oh you had probably grown your business Mm -hmm. to like 10k a month I was like nope not even close (laughs) we're so similar that was me too (laughs) yeah I mean it was more like 
of 1500 mm-hmm. to 2000 a month. <laughs> yeah. And this is me quitting, yeah. like literally saying goodbye to something I have invested so much mm-hmm. time, effort and money in. I mean, mm-hmm. going to Columbia University, I never mentioned, but it was really a hard financial decision for me. Yep, yep, yep. It was almost $60,000. Yep. I did not take out loans. Oh, my wow. husband. Yeah, I didn't take out loans. I was like, nope, I'm going to do this. Oh, my husband. I wish I did just, that. Now I know. I, I mean, I was the happiest person on graduation yeah. day for, for sure. sure. Because yeah. I was like, yes, I'm done. No more tuition. Mm. But I decided that I was going to keep my teaching job. Yeah. And 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 go to school and I would, you know, pay. But at the same time, the same year, my husband, that was one of his failed businesses. Mm. So he was like up to his neck with Ooh. like bills and, you know, almost bankrupt. So it was just not an easy task. You know, like he wasn't able to keep up our bills. So for me, I had to really be resourceful. And I Mm. believe in that being resourceful Mm. has allowed me to do so much Ah, because I could have easily said, you know what, I don't have the money. So I just can't go to Columbia University Mm -hmm. at that Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. But I said, you know what, I have skills. What can I do? So Mm. besides teaching at my regular teaching job, I tutored. And now when you tutor, especially if you're tutoring high caliber people who want to do accent reduction. Mm-hmm. That was in New York City. A lot of executives, oh, a I lot bet. of Broadway, whatever, actors, actresses and stuff. And I would charge them, um, you know, well. And that allowed me to really come up with the cash to pay. So oh, resourcefulness. Wow. So you've always had that as part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I had to be because I was like, I have to find a way. And like when there's a will, there's a way yeah. and I'm doing this. Yep. So the same thing when I became an entrepreneur, when I said, okay, that's it. After that, um, you know, in Incident, those two incidents in the emergency room, mm-hmm. I I spoke to my supervisor and I told her, I said, look, as much as I would love to finish up this semester. So we were probably like into the fall semester. It was like end of October. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my due date was February. Uh-huh. So I explained to her, I said, look, I've been, you know, showed her my papers that I went to the emergency mm-hmm. and she, you know, she loves me. She respects me so much. And she was like, look, Yasmin, you got to do what's best for you and your yeah. family. Yeah. So I completely understand if you can, you know, kind of stick around for another week till we find someone. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was able to train that new person. She came to my house. I showed her exactly what I was doing and all of that, yep. you know. So in that sense, I had a great closing there. I was able to pull out because of my health situation. And that was the perfect moment for me to say, that's it. I'm not going to go back. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just, I made that decision, even though I would have gone back right Mm -hmm. after I had the baby, perhaps like after let's say three, six months or so I would have gone back, but I made that decision. That's it. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to like, just go cold Turkey on this and do this. Now, at that time, I have zero online courses, zero <laughs> recurring revenue, zero everything, right? I'm only like getting a speaking gig here and there. By that time, you know, I started getting paid maybe like 500 or a thousand for a speaking gig, but nothing sustainable, right? Yeah. It wasn't like every week there was a speech uh, sure. going on. And I had some clients trickling in, but it mm-hmm. wasn't a lot again. So I said, okay, what can I do? What is it that I need to do right now to really sustain this business? And that's when I decided to create my first online course. It's it's called the Dream Blueprint, Seven Steps to Fulfilling Your Dreams in a World of Distractions. And for me, that was a huge step because... Mm -hmm. 
I was like, okay, this is the first time I'm doing this. And I said, just now the world is becoming my classroom. I'm just going to pretend that, you know, that the world is my classroom Mm -hmm. and just shoot my videos with some of my favorite students in mind. You know, we don't have favorites, but there's always that student who's like amazing, right? Of course. And I would always think about that student when I would look into the camera and I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I received after I launched that online course. So I launched this course literally after my baby was born. I'm like, I'm like nursing her in between. My husband comes and picks her up from the room. I have like the green screen. I have everything set up in my room and I'm like shooting videos, right? Love it. And launched it the kind of like the PLF style product launch Mm -hmm. formula Mm -hmm. style and did the three video series, hired a videographer. Like I'm going all in, right? I don't even know if I'm going to sell anything or not, but I'm like, look, I got to do it the right way. It's got to look good. It's got to sound good. And the content needs to be like amazing. So, um, so worked on that, launched it. I had a couple of people, very few affiliates, right? Who said, Oh, I would love to promote your course. Like I trust you. Mm. I know you and trust you. And I was like, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you 50%, you know, thanks for sharing with your audience. And I think because I had those few people believe in me Mm. and because I had been putting myself out there since 2012, like I began my Facebook page early on, I said, I'm going to just do it. Just do it. Even if it's one person, two people, five people, whatever. Now it's almost 12,000 people, but it started with zero. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was zero. Mm -hmm. So um, just consistently showing up every day, I made sure that I grew that page. And when I announced that I was doing this online course, I mean, we sold, like we hit five, um, high five figures, almost $17,000, which was like crazy. I'm like, this is my For a teacher, for a professor. Yeah. (laughs) What? That's good money. I made this in seven days, you know, that was like, I mean, to me, it was like definitely not expected. Mm. I was like, okay, if I make like 8,000 with my first launch, I'll be like, whoa, that's huge. But when I, when I discovered that I was like, oh my gosh. And I really enjoyed the process. Mm. I really enjoyed creating that course. And still that course is running, you know, still it's out there. It's now on evergreen and um, people like one of the first comments I get is how well structured it is. Uh, Yes. How well thought out it is. How clear I am, like articulate Mm. in speaking and um, just people love it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, kind of like a basic personal growth um, entry into the personal growth, personal development world. I love it. Yeah. So you're tapping into something that we definitely talk about on this podcast. And that is how our academic skill sets translate into running a business. So yeah. I think I heard a little bit of that in in your creation yes. of a course. Um, and I love like your passion for teaching is uh, I see a lot of myself in in your comments around that. And it's very similar reasons. Aww. And, um, you know, why I did what I did. And me choosing to leave it did feel like not like, you know, we weren't escaping something, um, but life, no. life was changing, right? A little bit. And we started mm-hmm. to realize other ways of being in the world is kind of how I look at it. And yeah. um, so how can I make what was happening in my small, you know, 40 person classroom maybe happening out in the world is kind of what I saw too. So I'm curious. Yeah. What, what would you say are some of your skill sets that, that you got from your academic training? Um, but not only that, your interests too, like your, I, th- I think there's a huge, obviously 
common thread throughout your life of public speaking and, you know, mm-hmm. the teacher as performer, you know, I'm not lost on that yeah. either. So I'm just curious what you say, some of your, like how, you know, being a Columbia University master's grad, like how has that benefited you in business and, and your success really? How has it made it easier for you? What have you, um, you know, really accelerated at as a result of that, of your trainings? Yeah. yeah. I think one of the biggest things for me, I think, well, not just Columbia University, but my entire, um, I guess, life, Life. right? Mm -hmm. Like, as someone who came from, you know, across the world, from Istanbul to the US, and having eyes that literally see people as humans, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, that's always been the case. Like, Mm -hmm. I love people from all backgrounds, all colors, all sexual orientation, Mm -hmm. all faith backgrounds. I really appreciate humans at a human level. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's one of the first major things of having a successful business. I love that. I love that. Because look, <laughs> I mean, I could easily say, you know what? I'm just going to, um, and people told me that, by the way, Lindsay, and I'm so glad I was like so adamant about it and said, no way on earth. Mm. People said, oh, look, you're a Muslim woman. You wear the hijab. So you should definitely you should empower with Muslim women. Yeah, you should mm. empower them. They need, they need <laughs> no, to be saved. No. And I'm like, dude, uh, my message is so universal. Mm. My message is so universal. And I want to bring the worlds together. Yeah. I want to have. I mean, and we had this in my audience. We had an amazing lesbian couple. One of them was my MC. She was, you know, emceeing the event. Mm. Um, so they were on stage together doing like energy work, healing work. I had, you know, a guy who's originally from Bangladesh. Mm. I had, you know, uh, someone from South Af- Africa on the lineup. Yeah. I mean, so many You're thinking about the diversity and background in business as you I curate do. your events. Yeah, which is so important. It is so important mm-hmm. because in a world where we, you know, hear conversations about building walls, mm. I'm like, you know what? I want to be, you know, one of the ones in the forefront building bridges sure. because in the kind of global world we live in, that's what we need. Yeah. And um, so to me, that was, I think that's like the first forte that I bring to the mm-hmm. table. Mm-hmm. Second thing, you know, having studied such diverse things, I appreciate multi-passionate ah, people. Ah, Yeah. You know, I appreciate people who have so many different interests and I'm able to really help them see that that can be a strength Mm -hmm. and it should not be a weakness, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that as long as they focus on one thing at a time and not be distracted and and not finish something right, that you could be multi-passionate. Definitely. And you can use those different, I mean, like at my events, if you come, it's super high energy. I break into songs sometimes, we'll dance, <laughs> no. you know, yeah, heck yeah, heck you know, yeah. that's fun. And and that is fun because I'm able to bring that, you know, performance background mm-hmm, mm-hmm. into what I do, but we're still, we're still doing what yeah. we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, it's not like a party all day, but you know, we do have those little things and breaks. So the multi-passionate, multi-passionate, um, yeah personality. That's, that's a highlight. And I think the fact that I learned how to be a great educator, Mm -hmm. like studying, especially like adult education, how adults learn. I mean, we've, we've studied that a lot at Columbia university, having a learner, um, you know, a, a learning environment that is 
focusing on learner autonomy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where the, the teacher is the facilitator and the learners are the ones that have the autonomy. That that always comes into play when I'm leading group coaching, yep. when I'm leading, even at the live event. I mean, it was oh, of course, super interactive. Yeah where the audience, I mean, we co-created the yep, event. I love it. And because of that, at the end, I mean, everybody was like, oh my gosh, we have to keep in touch. Like, please create a Facebook group. You know, like everybody was saying that. And the moment I created the Facebook group, like literally every single person joined. Awesome. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like anybody forcing them to join, but they all wanted to be there. Um, so it's that co-creation, you know? So those are the first, I guess, top three that come to mind. And of course, so many other skills. I mean, Having a good handwriting always helps. Like whenever I start writing on a flip chart, people are like, "Oh or, wow, you know, I can actually read it." They're like, yeah, uh, no, they're like, "Okay, we know you were a professor because yeah. like you have really good handwriting." That's so good. Um, or just projecting, you know, mm-hmm. having that projecting mm-hmm. voice, mm-hmm. being able to really come into that, you know, like especially at the live event, come into the room and be able to kind of have that aura where you know how to just go with the flow yep. in that classroom, oh, in, that, in that environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And be able, being able to read a room. I, I you know, yeah. I found too, like some of the first... I think in a big event, it's different, like a huge, you know, thousand person event. It's kind of a different scenario. But I think in some of these smaller events, um, you know, they're... Part of me is like, oh, if people only knew like the things I just know about teaching that they mm. they're not thinking about in those spaces. Um, but when someone knows how to take care of a room and read it mm-hmm. and know where people are at and be able to really like adapt, um, mm-hmm. people feel comfortable and that that changes the vibe of a room. And a, and a teacher knows that. And we have our off days, too, because we do it so, you know, on a daily basis in and out. But, um, you know, it's so important on an event where someone's mm-hmm. like paying to be there and there's you know other speakers they they need to feel that like this person is in control and is aware yeah. of what's happening in the room and that's definitely a skill set that not nece- that not a lot of entrepreneurs have there are people working mm. on i would say there's a lot of conversation about speech like how to you know write your signature talk or whatever mm. but there's yeah. not a lot on like how do you facilitate a workshop and or facilitate mm-hmm. small group discussions and group setting. So there's or a smaller event, a small you know, like event. we had about exactly. 40 people in this last yeah. event. And I'm glad you mentioned like the thousands, like whenever I think about like someone was saying, oh, like in 10 years, you'll have thousands of people in the audience. I said, I actually don't want mm. thousands because I really enjoy the smaller. Yeah. Now, depends I, on I what your goals are. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I think 100, 150 mm-hmm. people because you still get to mingle with the audience. You still get to yeah. see them yeah. and kind of get to know their faces. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one thing I forgot to mention sure. is ha- having the ability to reflect. Mm. Oh my I gosh. think that was yes. something yes. that was hammered, you <laughs> yeah. know, like into us, yep. right? That after your classes, you go through what happened yep. and reflect through it. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're bringing plan. this up. I'm literally yeah, kind of like writing a course around this too. Yeah. But yeah, the pedagogical kind of uh, circle, exactly. right? Like theory, practice, reflection, theory, practice, reflection, like that whole thing. Like that's, it's, it. that's it. Like you, that's you have to and be doing all of that. <laughs> once you reflect, like I noticed myself, like it was a three day event this past mm-hmm. one, right? I went back to my room, and I like to do that at the events. I like to go back to my room, order room service, mm-hmm. do 
my ice bath to avoid inflammation, which is always so right fun. out of Brendan's yeah. playbook. <laughs> uh-huh, yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what athletes yeah. do. So I'm like, okay, I'm because you're on what I do. like all day, nine that's to five. It. it would be even oh. longer in, in many cases. Oh, you sleep like yeah. a baby. I slept like a baby. But I would, I would literally like yank out my journal and write down the things, you know, just reflect on what mm-hmm. happened that day. And then I had like another, like the back of the book. I made started making a list of like next Next time, time. like consider these, right? To make it better because every event has to become better. There has to be a next level. Every course we create, it has to be that next level. But that should not prevent us, Mm. anyone listening right now, from starting that first event, from starting that first course. Because look, the more you do it, the better you get at it, right? I mean, remember your first day of yep. teaching. Oh, I remember. I reflect on that often. I was like, well, first of all, I felt like a yeah. fraud because I was like, okay, I did not even study education. Mm-hmm. I studied journalism oh, yeah. and musical theater. And here I am yep. trying to teach yep. English, you know? But I really was like, okay, what do I do? And I, I remember going to like one teacher in the school. She had like a master, like double masters, whatever. Everybody said, she's amazing. So I went to her and she was an English teacher. I said, okay, listen, I know you've been teaching mm. for like 25 years. Tell me what do I need to do? Because I don't have an education background at that time. I want to make sure that I really give these kids what mm. they deserve. You know, so I was willing to like yeah. humble myself. Yep. And go and ask for help from someone who had 25 yeah. years of experience. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, she showed me everything. She was like, okay, look, this is how you do a lesson plan. This is how you think of, you know, this is how you structure it. This is, you know, your textbook. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was always the rebel professor. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to stick to the right. textbook. So I bring in other stuff. I do things from the textbook, but if I want to bring in something else to just jazz it up, I was, you know, always like, yeah, sure. This goes with that. And, and it was trial yeah. and error, yeah. honestly. Yep. But my 10th year teaching, I was like, right? I'm on fire. <laughs> Those are the best I'm moments. I'm on fire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. I love that you bring that up because it's definitely something I've I've mentioned before, but is worth repeating over and over again is, um, you know, I, and, and I wish a lot, like other entrepreneurs realize this too. And a lot of my work that I do around around course and program creation where I'm, I am helping people with these skills that they don't have. It's, I yeah, it's kind of like we, we want it to be good and we know that that's really important and you are putting it out into the market, which, you know, if mm-hmm. you have buyers or not is like one of the scariest things. So you want to do it right the first time. But I would say it's damn near impossible, if not just totally impossible, because because every time you teach, every student is different. Every go around is different. And and the only Mm -hmm. way you can improve is by getting the feedback from other human beings like you, like you in a vacuum by yourself, period, literally, period. Like this is the sociologist in me is like, literally, we learn how to become better human beings by interacting with other human beings beings. Um, so the same goes for, yeah, teaching and learning knowledge. So for us, you know, those listening, those academics who have taught or are teachers in, in this field, it's, you know, this is an asset this is a hundred percent an asset that a lot of other entrepreneurs are seeking help with, Mm -hmm. um, because their courses now, um, you know, and I've, I've mentioned this before too, but like the market is definitely maturing. There's a lot of courses out there. There's a lot of courses on personal development, right? Why would, I want to take a course on personal development from someone who has a curriculum background, who mm-hmm. has been through some trainings, who knows how to teach, who knows how to hold space for students, you know, 
going through material if it's being taught live, for example. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, other entrepreneurs are starting to realize that is an asset in their courses and their creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I just bring it up because I think it, you can't do it perfect the first time and we can always be improving. But if you're not building in the reflection as the teacher, but also for your students, right? Yeah. Like as we know in teaching the students to reflect on their own learning and what they're going through, yeah. um, you know, then, then we're, we're not improving. We're not growing. Um, no. and, and so, yeah, so I just wanted to highlight that that's something that I think uh, you talking about skill sets, the ability to reflect and build that into building a business is, mm-hmm. uh, such an integral part of running a business. It is. It's huge. And I do that after all of my coaching sessions as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the curriculum, like you you were mentioning, like Mm -hmm. it's so important to have that. And honestly, that was one of the main reasons why I decided to go and get certified as a high performance coach. I I mean, it's a $10,000 thing to go Mm -hmm. through, right? Mm -hmm. I can easily say, you know what, I'm going to create my own curriculum. But why do that when someone else has already done it? Yeah. I mean, this is the academic in us, right? It's like, okay, let me compare theories. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) it's already been done. Mm -hmm. And not only done created by this one person but it has actually been you know it's it's been invested in it's been studied some major universities have looked at this curriculum Mm -hmm. psychologists neuroscientists you know all kinds of backgrounds to make sure that it is in the right order Mm -hmm. that it is flowing and that it is you know pedagogically amazing Mm -hmm. so i was like yeah that i would pay even more for that sure sure because there isn't that much of that on in this space that is you know well it has to be found i guess there is some stuff where it isn't based on really anything but someone's own framework or way that they've done it okay it's like it's like going to harvard right Mm -hmm. i mean when you think about like the reason you pay that kind of money is because you know hopefully that when you get in, you're going to have access to some amazing resources and amazing minds that you would not just have anywhere else, you know? Definitely. So, um, I mean, we have lots of great schools, but I just kind of mentioned Harvard, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) Very cool. So I'd like to, you know, kind of to wrap up a little bit, I guess, is I I would love to hear your, your vision of your business. I know that's like Mm -hmm. a really big question, but like, what are kind of some goals, you know, in the next few years, where do you see yourself, um, you know, what do you, what does your business look like? Um, Mm -hmm. and then if you want to also touch on a little bit about, you know, any advice you have for someone, um, you know, with now us knowing your background, what is something Mm -hmm. maybe you wish you knew, uh, when you were starting a business? Okay. So vision and advice. Perfect. I love it. So my vision is as I started doing my, you know, live events, right. My amplify your dreams tour, I realized that this is what I really love doing, Mm. right? And from a business perspective, doing live events, it actually takes a lot of money it to does. do. It does. It really does. Yeah. If you want to do it the right way, you know, mm-hmm. have a team, have videography, have photography, do it in a nice place. Um, for me, I'm a foodie. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I, I feed people. You know, that's the Greek and Turkish in me. My dad was Greek. Mm-hmm. So we always had those big fat, you know, my big, <laughs> what is that? Oh, my big, big fat, fat Greek, Greek wedding, wedding yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you want to do those things, obviously it, it requires the resources. Mm-hmm. 
but for me, the way I see it, you know, live events can also be an, an amazing exposure. Sure. It's definitely the best way for me to connect yep. with the audience because yep. I'm a people person. I love hugging people. I love seeing them in person and just hearing their feedback right away. Mm. It just it's, it's fulfilling mm-hmm. to my soul. Mm-hmm. So what I'm envisioning now is that I will be doing more of these live events as well as, you know, some big events, right? Like the one that I hosted and, you know, they're going to get bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like once or twice a year, a major event and then smaller workshop types, ah, like more love like mastermind types. Yep. Um, so that's what I'm really envisioning in the past. I mean, in the next few years mm. and just focus on that. Focus on my masterminds that I lead. So I lead the Amplify Your Dreams Mastermind, um, where I bring people together, um, you know, the biggest minds. So we do the masterminding and we also do high performance coaching. So there's like a good blend of that. And also I'm launching my membership site Ah, where I will get to teach monthly, right? So I will have different, um, different material that I roll out every single month. And that will keep me on my toes Mm. where I have to challenge myself to create something phenomenal Mm -hmm. that particular month and also do like a live stream with them, you know, once a month with Q&A to answer any questions that they have. So that's really a very simple business model. And of course, of course, I still have, you know, one to one clients. I really don't get take more than seven, Mm -hmm. eight people a year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I really give like when I tell my when I take on people like that means they have access to me, right? They can connect with me. Um, We do Voxer or, you know, they can connect with me on whatever platform besides our coaching Mm. if they want to just pick my brain, if you will. And um, so I like to have those um, just very few. The high touch kind of. yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So that's really what it is for me, the vision. That looks great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And just more, more, you know, more, um, I guess, more speaking on other yeah. people's stages, mm-hmm. more exposure, mm-hmm. more publicity. So that way I can really make the impact that I was born to mm-hmm. make. In terms of advice, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for me is I really believe in done better than perfect. Yep. Even though I used to be like a perfectionist at certain points in my life, I realized that done better than perfect serves me. Now, that doesn't mean it should be poor quality. Absolutely not. Like you do your best within your given circumstances, right? You do the best that you can and you always strive for excellence. Mm. But the thing is, nothing will ever be perfect, right? until you put it out there and, 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 you know, add to it. Engage with it. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Definitely. So, and that's really how I was able to do Mm. my first event. Mm -hmm. You know, when I decided I hosted it in San Diego last year, you were not in San Diego. No, I know. (laughs) Because I would have been there in a hot second if it was, yeah, definitely. And, uh, but you know, I'm doing it as a tour. So next one is going to be in Dubai. So we have to, we have to find a way to get you there. I might have to figure that out. (laughs) Yes. That is on my list of places to go visit for sure. Yeah. It's a great place to visit. Yeah. So when I did the first event, I mean, obviously I had never done an event before. Mm. I didn't know many of the things, Mm. but I said, okay, I have to do the first one to be able to see what's missing. Yep. Exactly. I love it. I spoke to, of course, a lot of people. I got on the phone with lots of people who've done events just to get like, okay, what do I need to know? Like, what would you do differently if you were to do another event kind of thing and, and just going with it. So 
my biggest advice would be whatever, like if you have that burning desire in your heart that as a teacher, as a professor, as an academic person, that you believe that you have a message to share with the masses and that you're somehow feeling like you're limiting yourself in your classroom. And I say that with a full heart, like obviously when you're in a classroom, you're making a huge difference. I will never belittle that, Mm -mm. but it had come to a point for me in my, in my career where I literally physically felt like I was being choked in the classroom. Like my message got so big that it had to get out of the classroom. Like I felt it like my throat, I would feel like I'm choking on my words because I knew what I could be doing. Mm. So, and that wasn't from ego. It was just that desire to make a bigger difference. Yeah. Because it, it's bigger than just English language learning, right? Like exactly. which you had infused with, um, with life coaching growth. with personal growth. Exactly. And then you realize the impact you could have on people, no matter what language huge. they were speaking. Yeah. I love it. Exactly. Huge. Mm-hmm. So I would say like, if you have that desire, then just start somewhere, start yep. wherever you are. You don't have to quit your job, nope. but start something that matters and, and go with it. And then you're going to see like it's going to evolve into something completely different. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That was a, that was a good one. That might, <laughs> right. I'm like, that's going to be her pool quote. Uh, <laughs> Thank I you. Love it. Uh, that was, it was so such a pleasure having you on the show. This is, Oh my gosh. Been a long I could talk to you for coming. hours. I know. Seriously. Um, and Thank we will you. do it again. I do not see this You're as You're an amazing host. Oh, Thank well, you thanks. so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Um, where can people find you and learn about what you're up to? Where are you hanging out online? Absolutely. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Those are the social media platforms that I choose to be on a lot. So I do a lot of, you know, live streams Mm. and I'll do Insta stories right now. I'm on my digital detox. So till Monday, I won't be there. But (laughs) yeah, I do that. That's part of high performance, right? For me, I needed to kind of after coming from a high of an event back to my real life with my teenage sons and my toddler (laughs) and my husband, you know, I needed a like, I was like, okay, I need to get back to the routine. You know, Mm. I need to get back to the real world. Yeah. And um, so I like to do that. But yeah, Facebook, Instagram, both places. I'm at Yasmin and now amplify your dreams on Facebook. So that that's my public page. And then on Insta, it's Yasmin amplify. Awesome. Perfect. And I don't think I course, follow you on Instagram. I'm just saying, I'm like, I don't okay, think I've seen a story of yours. Yeah, I love Instagram yeah. stories. Perfect. And then, of course, my website is amplifyourdreams.com. I mean, yasminandal.com. Both of them link to the same thing. Yeah. Perfect. And we will definitely link in the show notes. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. It was so great to have you. Thanks for having me. 